0: This is a Vault Studios production. This podcast contains graphic subject matter and is meant for mature listeners only.
1: You can see why someone might have some sort of motive to go after a police officer. But who goes after a high-performing student?
0: Less than a year after 33-year-old Jason Ellis is gunned down in the early morning hours just off the Bluegrass Parkway... A brutal, violent crime rocks the community again. Just outside of the Bardstown city limits, 48-year-old Kathy Netherland doesn't show up for work. She's a special education teacher at Bardstown Elementary and the mother of two daughters. Her teenage daughter is also absent from school. Neither
2: mother or daughter could, could be painted as you know, doing sketchy things and hanging out with the wrong people. Um, the mother was very respected, very well-liked by her students.
0: Kathy's father goes to check on her. What he discovers is a scene of horror.
2: I think I read in the reports that the daughter's skull was smashed in. Maybe there was something emotional in there that would cause a person to be more violent, more brutal, but I think it was sending some sort of a statement. And the fact that they, they died so gruesomely Um, The fact that that kind of thing could happen right here in this area, it shocked a lot of people.
3: I hope no other family ever has to stand outside their loved one's house, knowing that their sister and their niece are lying dead inside, just steps away, but completely unreachable.
0: I'm Shay McAllister. This is Bardstown. Not a lot of details have been given out about the Netherlands murder case over the years. And no one seems to know a lot.
4: So, Shay, we're in Bardstown, and I covered the Jason Ellis case pretty extensively back in 2013. Can you kind of catch me up, like, where things have gone and what's happened
0: since Jason Ellis was ambushed? Yeah, definitely. So... Of course, the Netherland family was murdered violently one year later, April, 2014. And that was a mother and daughter. A mother and daughter. And this mother was so well known. She was a widow. She had another daughter. Um, She'd lost her husband years earlier. And she was a teacher at a local school and everybody just loved her. So that was devastating to the community. And the death was so violent. It was I mean, stabbed multiple times. There was a lot of parts of that that were hard for people to listen to. And in their own home. In their own home,
4: yeah. And it was, there was,
0: there
4: was, it wasn't burglarized, there was nothing missing, if I understand.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been tricky because it is one of so many unsolved cases. So of course they can't point the finger at exactly who did it. Um, But there are strange things about it like that, that they didn't think it was a robbery. They thought it would be personal, like someone knew them, which was hard to hear too. Why would someone go in there and kill this woman who was so loved in this community and her daughter? So that one was, it was hard, and one year after Jason Ellis. Blogger Richard Caldwell lives in the next town over and thinks whoever killed the mother and daughter didn't know them. But it was someone sending a message. These are his personal theories and not from the official investigation. But as with all of the cases in Bardstown, Richard's theories paint a bigger picture. A town looking for answers where there are none.
2: The official story was that it was a random act, that someone just burst into their home and murdered this woman and her daughter. While not stealing anything, their purses were still there and untouched, no valuables, the money was still there, nothing was taken from the scene. I think that either the mother or the daughter just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and it followed them home. There's no way to prove that though. And even with all the official investigations into what happened, you know, no motives are established because there's never been any actual suspects charged in their murders. I think it was someone um, maybe mis- misusing or abusing whatever power they had in the moment to guarantee that, you know, whatever they saw or heard wouldn't be shared with others.
0: What we do know is that 48-year-old Kathy Netherland and her 16-year-old daughter Samantha were tortured and murdered inside their modest home on April 21st, 2014. Kathy was shot several times, and Samantha was stabbed and beaten on her head. Both of their necks were slashed. Early on, police say they aren't ruling this out as a personal attack. And the Kentucky Standard reported that much of the killer's attention seemed to be aimed towards Samantha. Trooper Scotty Sharp with the Kentucky State Police interviewed neighbors that day and learned who Kathy and Samantha were, but not much else. That spring morning, he drives Highway 150 to their White House, topped with a metal roof just outside the Bardstown city limits in Botlin.
4: With the the Netherlands, you said you did a lot of interviews in the neighborhood. What was the consensus of some of those folks?
5: Well, uh, everybody we talked to in the, in those areas just, you know, if they didn't if they did know Kathy and Samantha, they you know just talked to Holly how good of people they are, um, and that goes back to your earlier question of just what kind of people they were. They were good people, very good people. And no one saw anything. Not kidding, going in there right now. That would still be part of the investigation, man.
0: Kathy was a special education teacher at Bargetown Elementary. A photo of her on Facebook with another teacher at school shows the light-hearted side of the mother of two. The brunette holds up a peace sign with her fingers, nails painted bright green, while wearing a green shirt adorned with shamrock pins, a green sequin bow tie, several layers of colorful beads around her neck and a tiny green feathered cap on her head. It's St. Patrick's Day. Samantha was a sophomore at Bardstown High School. In fact, she had just bought her prom dress. It's strapless and navy blue with sequins wrapped around the waist and ruffles draped just across her knees. The strawberry blonde teen smiles, posing in a snapshot in her new dress. She was in the school choir, on the academic team, and the high school's Young Leaders Program. She had also just been accepted into the Gatton Academy program with Western Kentucky University. Both were members of Parkway Baptist Church, and just a year earlier, Kathy had lost her husband to a battle with cancer.
2: I don't see how it could have been anyone they knew because they were typical good people, small-town folk, go to church every Sunday, I can't imagine either of them assorting with, with the, the sort of people who would be capable of that kind of thing, but the, the detail about their cases stood out to me was the fact that, that nothing from their home was taken, that there was no evidence of a break-in. And whoever it was was allowed into
0: the home. Newspaper editor Forrest Berkshire remembers covering their story for the Kentucky Standard. Forrest takes us past the newsroom and a squawking dispatch alerting reporters to crimes happening in real time. He walks us back to his office.
1: It was out in Botland, uh, which is just right outside of Barstown there. The call came in that morning. Uh, We heard it over the scanner, and it it was a little, details were a little foggy at that time, so we run out there. um, And by the time we got there, Kentucky State Police were there, and we started hearing the the name Netherland. And then uh, one of my reporters at the time calls me and is like, hey, you know, we're hearing that it's Samantha Netherland. I just did a story on her uh, a week earlier about her being accepted to Gatton Academy. The Gatton Academy is a very prestigious uh, school, uh, a STEM school on the campus of Western Kentucky University, very selective. And you're like, oh, wow. And sure enough, you know, it was her. But yeah, you know, Samantha and Kathy, you know, everyone has said that you know, they had no enemies, that there's no idea how something like this would happen. It was a very violent, very brutal uh, murder, especially against the daughter, Samantha. From experts that we've talked to and that others have talked to have said that, you know, the majority of the violence was directed toward Samantha uh, as if it was, um, you know, someone who's angry. And by all... Everyone has said that Kathy was a very warm and engaging special education teacher. Who could have that motive? And I almost feel sometimes like it's it's sad that you know it it kind of gets lost in in a lot of the coverage. I think a lot of that's because of the way that the family has has handled it, and the family just wants to keep it private. I spoke to Kathy's sisters on the fifth anniversary of it. You know, and they said that they grieve just as much as anyone else, and they understand the way that other people, or that these other families have handled have handled their cases. But in their situation, and their situation is very different, they just, they've handled it their way. And that's to kind of draw closer together and, and inward rather than outward.
0: Scotty Sharp remembers responding to the Netherland home that spring day, just one month before the one-year anniversary of Officer Jason Ellis' murder. Just a few miles off the Bluegrass Parkway, he makes his way down Stephen Foster Boulevard, passing the church where Jason's funeral was held and layers upon layers of cornfields before arriving at the Netherlands' home, just across the street from a beverage carryout.
5: I did go to the scene, but I mainly went and did interviews around the community. So yes. Trying to gain the information. Well, as a, as a detective, um, on that particular case, I, of course... I had to interview uh, some of the family members, you know, and, I, and during that time with those family members, I got to learn a lot about Kathy and Samantha. You know, what kind of people they were, and they were good people, and they were highly thought of in the community. And so, um, you know, that was, uh, and my heart broke for, for, for their family. It was extremely difficult. Kathy was a, a teacher there in, in Bardstown. Um, that's actually how they got reported, uh, you know, someone needed to go check on, it. she didn't show up to work that, that next morning. And um, she was highly thought of, They had re- she had recently lost her husband to a fight with cancer, and um, so they were still grieving over that, and they had been tough on the, the two girls and Kathy as well. Um, You know, I found during that process of those interviews that Samantha was a highly intelligent young lady. Um, She was getting ready to go to prom. Um, You know, she was looking forward to that. She got her prom dress and um, everybody was, her family was excited for for her. And um,
0: so it was, again, heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. The family has been pretty private over the years. We reached out to Holly Netherland Williams, Kathy's older daughter, but she declined to be interviewed. But she did speak to the media briefly right after they were killed.
2: I want to know why. Why would somebody go and attack my sister?
0: Why would somebody shoot my mother?
5: They'd like to stay low-key, you know, and we, are, you know, we respect that. They were always in constant communication with them. Our detectives are so, um, and they uh, have been really, really supportive of, of KSP in this process. Um, and uh, they uh, are good people, and. Uh, um, I can't sing as much praise about them, as much as supportive that they are. You know, Sometimes families, and it's understandable, sometimes if a case goes along and it's not solved, you know, they get their doubts, there's, there's concerns, uh, some criticism sometimes, and, and they have never been like that. They're just really nice, good people. Uh, and uh, of course, our heart goes out to them. This is a tough time. And, I mean, they're still dealing with it every day.
4: We've kind of hit roadblocks with their case a lot just because family doesn't want to talk, but also because not a lot of people seem to know much about the case. Is there anything more that you can kind of tell us? You know, one of the talks of the town that we've heard is it seemed really personal against Samantha. Is that something that you have
5: found? I, I don't. I don't. Again, it's still an ongoing investigation. And, and when I say that, it's not I'm trying to throw at Roblox to you. It's just, there's there's things that in all of these cases that we want to, well, as we say, keep close to the chest. The reason why we do that is because we get tips and leads every day and we have to follow up. So we have to find out which ones are are legitimate tips and which ones are way out in left field if you know what i mean um, i think it's it's out there that it was brutal you know they they uh it was a a bad scene yeah, i mean I, I don't know if i found much more, other way i could say that it, it, it was uh, um, but I, I i'm not we're not ready to say that you know it was a um personal or anything like that, you know, that sometimes you'll hear that in cases. I I don't think we want to go there yet, Uh, but it was a bad, you know, it was a very gruesome scene.
0: There's been very little evidence made public, but the scene did hold one clue that police followed up on.
5: We were looking for what that was a newer model or around a 12 to 13, 14 model and power at the time, uh, a black Impala, and, um, and that was the, the reason why is because we had saw some footage on some security cameras in the area, and we felt like that that car potentially had uh, you know, someone that knew, maybe it might have seen something in the area or might have actually been participated in the crime. I, we don't know, but we were looking for a black Impala, and, and we looked for a long time
0: but they've never located that car or its driver. The police asked them that,
1: or they, they told me that the police asked them that and they said that you know, they, couldn't, they couldn't think of anything. And, and it just vanished. I mean, they had it, from what I understand, they had images from different, you know, as you drive along Springfield Road, um, there's different businesses that have these, you know, they have surveillance cameras as you head toward the Bluegrass Parkway. But somewhere before the Bluegrass Parkway, that car just disappears and they're not able to find any evidence of where it went. They just know it was headed toward the Bluegrass
4: Parkway. And this mother and daughter, I mean, they weren't caught up in anything bad. They were, you know, essentially do-gooders in the community.
5: Uh, As far as, yes, during the course of our investigation, we have seen that they're just upstanding citizens and, you know, a student and a teacher, uh, just like your neighbor, you know, someone that, uh, Nothing would would pop out, stand out, no.
4: Was there anything taken from the home?
0: I can't, I can't go into them. In December 2013, less than six months before she and her daughter are brutally murdered inside their home, Kathy writes a peculiar post on her Facebook page. Her eldest daughter, Holly, is home for winter break from Moorhead State University. The post reads, Earlier this afternoon, we heard a noise. I thought one of our two cats had knocked over something. We didn't find anything disturbed, so we thought it was nothing. Boy, were we wrong. A little while ago, Holly opens our front door to go outside to pick up the mail and finds both glass panels in our screen door shattered. We have taken pics and have carefully removed loose pieces of glass and the glass frames. All of the shattered glass pieces have been swept up off the front porch. Guess I'll be heading to Lowe's tomorrow to find replacements. Crazy how unexpected events happen.
4: And there's been speculation that it's possible that the other daughter had some involvement.
5: Well, again, that's something I couldn't talk about. Uh, Unfortunately, in every type of investigation like this, we look at, you know, everybody's a suspect. Um, to a certain extent, I don't, we don't name suspects till we actually have one, uh, but uh, you know, we don't rule anything out. Uh, but I can say that uh, the, the older daughter has been cooperative in the investigation and uh, has talked to us and spoken to us and keeps in touch with us at all times. I know that there's rumors going around, but we can't
0: stop the rumors. Jessica and I try calling Stacy Hibbard, Kathy Netherland's sister. Completed, just dialed. Please check the number and dial again. That is so not the
4: normal. No. And th- that's the only number that we have on
0: file, so. She's never been really open and sharing phone numbers and contact information. And this could have been her number before
4: all the media started trying to contact her about everything, and she's just had it change to protect her privacy and stay under the radar.
0: While we could not get a hold of Kathy's sister, Stacy Hibbard, she did speak at a press conference.
3: When you pray for them, please pray and say a prayer that someone will have the courage and strength to come forward and shed light on this terrible crime. Whoever killed Samantha was only slightly less cruel to her mother, Kathy. As parents, we pray that Kathy died first and died quickly so she didn't have to witness the vicious death her child suffered. It's obviously incredibly difficult. Uh, When you lose somebody like Kathy and Samantha, uh, it's the first thing you think of is the last thing you think of before you go to bed. So They're always, always on our thoughts and minds. This time of year particularly is really difficult because you you think about the beauty of spring and and the rebirth of of nature and and just knowing that that, that's when they left this earth. um, It it really shatters sort of the peace of spring. I I don't really know how to explain it other than to say that there's just a part of us that's gone and and you never get that back and you learn to live life differently because of that um, and, and do the best that you can until you experience this type of loss, it's so hard to, to put it into meaning for, for people that maybe haven't. And, um, you know, it, it really is the loss of part of who you are. Um, it, it still is so hard to this day to just accept the fact that they're not here and that, that they left the earth under bad circumstances. The, the, the misery that... The, the killer or killer's cause is profound. And if someone could understand that coming forward would, would just give so much relief, as well as justify Kathy and Samantha's passing to some degree, um, you know, it, it, we, there's nothing we wouldn't do, there's nothing we wouldn't give you know, to, to know what happened and to have answers no matter what happens, no matter what the answer is or the resolution is, it's never going to explain or justify or or make their deaths make sense. So, you know, I know for, for me, I try not to focus on why it happened because there's nothing that Kathy or Samantha did in life that would ever explain the violence that that was brought to their home.
0: And for the five-year anniversary of their murders, earlier this year, the family released a statement.
5: Their past five years have been painful. We feel the loss of Kathy and Samantha every day. Time eases the pain, but the hole that was left in our hearts with their passing is permanent. We love them and miss them more than words can ever describe. Whoever ended their lives should not be
4: free. Is there anything that you want the public to know about this case to keep their eyes out for or something like that?
5: Sometimes I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I just, no matter how small of... uh, if, the, if someone's got information on how, how small they think it is, oh, it won't matter, it won't, you never know. The smallest things sometimes break the biggest dams out there, so um, come forward, let us know. Um, hey, it never hurts, and that's, uh, that's something we've constantly thrown out there to the public. You know? And we appreciate the public's help that we have got up to this point. People are concerned. We tell I and mean, we can tell that from the calls in people want this solved and and that's you know that's really it says a lot about the community over there uh, they're good people over there and they deserve justice over there should they have any fear I don't uh, I wouldn't I don't want to go and speculate of anything like that but no I, 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 I don't think that um, it's just, it's a tragedy. I mean, that's all you can say about it. I mean, um, having three open cases on our part.
4: The reason I ask is, you know, obviously a, there's been a lot of coverage of these cases. Do you think it's unusual to have so many high profile unsolved cases in such a small area?
5: I don't really want to, I don't really want to go on that limb and say that. that. Uh, uh, it's disheartening, and it's in our post district, and uh, so you know we want to uh, we want to solve them, and it's a concerning. I mean, it is concerning that that it's uh, it happened in one community, and you have three. The KSP alone is working. Uh, it is concerning, but. People don't need to be scared. Um, there's good people over there, and uh, they want to see it solved.
4: In any of these cases or in all of them, it, do you think it's someone local that's living within the community?
5: Uh, we're not ready to say that. Uh, we, we, One thing in, in investigations, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself in trying to focus on one area and lose sight of the bigger picture. Um, you want to think outside the box. So we don't like to say that, you know, we wouldn't want to pigeonhole ourselves and just focus, maybe this is the one area we want to keep it wide, I guess, a a wide angle um, that, uh, and look at all possible options when it comes to suspects.
4: Where are you at in each case, would you say?
5: Well, I've been asked that before and and I really the the only answer and the most truthful answer I can give you is we're, we're one step closer from yesterday. I mean, we're just one one step closer. Um, you know, I, I do step in there and talk to to these guys, these detectives ever so often and you know, and there's never a day they're just you know, sitting back there doing nothing. They are working on this case. And that makes me feel good because it makes me feel like, well, you know what? one step closer. We're better off today than we were yesterday.
0: Just as in Jason Ellis' case, rumors swirl around the small town. But who would kill a mother and daughter who were such pillars of their community? And the way in which they were killed, was it a personal attack?
2: I had a cousin who lived maybe about fifty yards from their house um, about six weeks after it happened there was a knock on the door and officers wanted to know if this vehicle had been there they they knocked on the door of the house across the street and asked well there's a young man living in this house do you think he might be selling drugs or you think he might be responsible in illegal activities it was like they were trying to look for a suspect right there um, which I, I think, if they were putting suggestions, you know, in, into the ears of the neighbors, it's like they didn't have any
0: evidence. Three murders and no suspects, but the deadly crime wave was far from over in Bardstown. Fifteen months after Kathy and Samantha Netherland were found murdered inside their home, and two years after Jason Ellis was ambushed on his way home, a new tragedy would strike another Bardstown family. This time, on Fourth of July weekend. If you have any information in the murders of Kathy and Samantha Netherland, call the Kentucky State Police at 270-766-5078. Next time on Bardstown. I know my daughter,
5: and I know she would have never just up and left her family. She would have not left me and
3: her daddy either.
5: They say time feels everything, but you don't. Unless it happens to you, you know, you get up with it in the morning, you go to bed with it. It's never, never off your mind. Were calling we
0: were out there on our own. Bardstown is a Vault Studios production. You can find Vault Studios on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and learn about our other shows at vaultstudios.com. Visit our website, bardstownpodcast.com, for more background and information about the cases we cover in the podcast. I'm Shay McAllister. A special thanks to our team, investigative journalist Jessica Knoll, producers Beth Peake and Spencer Brudig. Adam Ostro and Will Johnson are our executive producers. Audio production by Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland.